Ladies and gentlemen, this is a special sit-down edition of Mullen Zane's podcast of Rambling Randomness, and today we have with us in the, well, on the line, not in the studio, um, we have Mr. Tim Clark, uh, and he is a uh, an idol of mine, and I didn't even know his name. Uh, I grew up playing with a toy, well, a puppet, toy, whatever you want to call it, uh, both <laughs> uh, creature, they're called Boglins. And uh, they are making a very big comeback right now. Um, I'm seeing them everywhere, ads all over the place. I'm seeing them in uh, uh, places like GameStop. I'm seeing them all over. And, sir, first off, thank you <laughs> for coming on and, and, and taking time out of your day to talk to me. Uh, sure. So, You're welcome. First off, um, the history of Bot. How did you come up with – I know you're a co-creator. Am I, am I correct in saying that? Yes. Okay. Um, yes. How did you come up with the ideas or like what came about to, to get this into motion originally? Well, um, certainly probably the biggest influence was uh, working with Jim Henson and working on Dark Crystal. Um, I was the one of the team leaders for building the mystics and every one of the mystics in the Dark Crystal was sculpted by me and the mechanisms were built by me and um, Sherry Amott uh, was in charge of all the costuming. So um, between that and working on the pod people slaves and the crystal bats and um, I did a little bit of work on the Landstrider and the big sea and enemy uh, creatures yes. were uh, designed by me it was based on a hand puppet an enemy that i showed jim in my interview okay then later on um jim wanted to to kind of play around with the idea of you know uh full body creatures okay and um a bunch of us from the workshop went to see moomin shots and um we we were thinking about how we could change um the use of of the of the body mm -hmm. to create new creatures and i came up with the idea of putting all these cones on a bodysuit and sherry and i built the first one okay. and jim and brian both loved it and um all the puppeteers had to do or the mimes or whoever or the dancers whoever was performing them all they had to do was roll around and it just <laughs> You never knew what was the head, what was the bottom, you know, and um, it's one of the few things in Dark Crystal that Brian didn't design. It was it was all based on something that I had come up with. Wow. So um, uh, after I came back from working on Dark Crystal and was working in the workshop in New York, mm. um, I was working on Fraggle Rock and I approached Jim about setting up a separate studio at Muppets to design and come up with toy concepts. I said, you know, what we're doing here is so much more interesting right. than what the toy companies are producing or when they obtain a Muppet license, they're not necessarily, they don't understand the materials that we're working with, the approach. Right. And I think it would be great to do to turn it around rather than than um, the toy companies approaching Muppets with ideas, 
that we should be going to the toy companies with ideas. And um, I always say that this is the best slap in the face I ever got or <laughs> the best kick in the pants because Jim said, Tim, it's a wonderful idea, but I just don't want to do it. Oh. <laughs> and I went, and I was shocked because I thought, oh my God, you know, I thought he would, you know, jump all over this. But so then after working on Fraggle Rock, um, uh, Muppets had kind of a glut of puppet builders. Mm -hmm. And um, because there was originally the studio had puppet, you know, puppet builders for Sesame Street. Right then Sesame Street and Muppet Show, then Sesame Street, Muppet Show, Dark Crystal. And then finally, they. so we had and then a studio in New York right. and a studio in London at that mm -hmm. time. And then after Fraggle Rock, Jim had trouble placing the next project. You know, he had tons of ideas, but he didn't have any studios picking up. Right. So they he put us, a lot of us, became freelance puppet builders and they said well we'll call you but it was funny because they called it full-time freelance and i said what the hell is that <laughs> <Full> <laughs> but um so yes they would then call us in when there was another project and or so i then started doing more toy design and development through the art department at okay. muppets and i started pitching my own um ideas for uh toy design right and at that time i was working with maureen trotto on a freelance basis doing props and special effects work for tv commercials okay. and puppets also and um so uh you know i i was trying to pitch different ideas to toy companies and hasbro was the only company that would see me because i had done the dark crystal toys for hasbro back then right. uh, they were never produced but they went full to to um into production as far as making molds and everything else but then um once the movie came out and they saw how scary it was they mm -hmm. said no kids are going to go see this how are we going to sell toys and this is way before hasbro realized the potential of adult toy buyers right so um those toys never came out I still have the prototypes for them oh, or the first run of them. I would which, love to see the pictures of those. <laughs> yeah. They're, I, I think I you have to flip through my Instagram page, but they're in there. Oh, great. Okay, so good. But it might be a while. It's a while since I posted them. Gotcha. So um, then I started trying to, to uh, pitch to toy, different toy companies, but they wouldn't see me because they didn't know me. And there's right. all this paranoia about, in the toy industry about buying things from the outside because if they don't know you, they don't want to know you. They're afraid you've stolen the idea. Gotcha. So I ended up going to Toy Fair in New York and in Toy Fair magazine in the back was an ad for Seven Towns, which was the company that represented uh, Rubik's Cube. Oh, okay. And Erno Rubik. So I called their office and they said to me, oh, I'm sorry, we don't really see people from the outside. We only have a core group of designers and inventors. And I said, well, how does one get into this industry? Because I just keep getting the same response. Right. And I said, I've been, I have been working for Muppets 
for the last five years and I have a lot of, oh, and then as soon as I said that, he said, oh, no, you should come in. <laughs> okay. So Maureen wanted to join me in, in trying to do toy concepts. And um, so we went in and met with seven towns and we showed them a bunch of ideas and they said, no, 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 no. And then um, I pulled this fly hand puppet that I had made to go to a Halloween party because I did not like wearing a mask at a Halloween party because you couldn't talk to people, right. you couldn't eat, you couldn't drink. So I was like, so I made this fly hand puppet where my fingers were the legs. Oh, okay. And um, that became Sectors because Larry Mass, who was working in the office at Seven Towns at that time, I pulled that out of the bag. He said, oh, this is fantastic, you know? <laughs> He said, we could put an action figure on the back of that and it would go crazy. You know, I'm sure somebody will pick it up. So um, uh, Maureen uh, made some models. I had the original fly and um, we also did some concept sketches as to where we would see the line going. Right. And it was pitched to Coleco at um, Toy Fair that year. And I'm trying to remember, I think that was 82 or 83. Okay. Maybe it was probably 82 and um, uh, Coleco wanted it right away. There, there was no hesitation. They said, yes, we want to do it, blah, blah, blah. And they, um, you know, we went into contract with them and um, then we spent, Maureen and I spent the next, I would say three months doing concept sketches okay. and turning it over to the art department and the design department at Coleco and it, the whole thing was flushed out and um, that was the beginning of my adventures in the toy industry. Nice. Um, <clears throat> I, that's actually a really interesting story because uh, Jim Henson is a big part of uh, this show. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I, we did a whole, we dedicate a whole month to him every year. We've been uh, doing this podcast for about four and a half years now. And uh, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of interesting you brought up Jim because I, Honestly, I didn't even know that part about like with the dark crystal and stuff like that. And that's like my favorite movie of all time. So and now knowing that you designed like half of my favorite characters, this is great. Um, Brian Neal, um, who was one of the puppeteers, he's probably best known for doing Barkley the dog on Sesame Street. He was one of the mystics. He played the dying master. Oh, that's right. Okay. And also Urza, which uh, which was um, Jen's master after mm -hmm the dying master um, passed away. And Brian and I worked on puppeteering both of those characters. That's right. uh, Brian did the, the, the voice right. and the head, uh, the mouth. Oh, wow. And I did an opposing hand and the eye mechanisms for those, wow. both those characters. And then Brian was assigned the ornamentalist Skeksis. And I, um, you know, co-puppeteered with with him on that, gotcha. and then everybody in the workshop um, had, uh, you know, their hand in a puppet for right. the big uh, pod people banquet scene. Yeah. So, and and also a lot of the, the, that once that one scene in Dark Crystal where everything in the environment is moving, mm -hmm. it's like we were all under tables moving oh, wow. everything. Wow. And so, yeah, it's like um, 
it's got to be weird you on know, Henson production. Like, puppets have always been, you know, since I was a kid and did puppet shows, uh, puppets have always been a big thing for me. And I think they make, they're an incredible outlet as a toy, toy because right. kids can, and, and I do seminars with, with a lot of uh, teachers in grade schools, um, you know, kind of telling them why, puppetry is such a great thing to do with kids yeah and because one they can build puppets whether it's just out of paper mm -hmm. they can then write a script for their puppet they can design a set and then they can perform so um it's a great outlet because unfortunately you know the arts programs are it, it, it always amazes me that our arts programs in schools are the first thing that people cut. Oh, I'm going through when, that with my daughter right now. When, when the most revered, some of the most revered people in the United States mm -hmm. are creative artists. I mean, you look at Walt, Walt Disney. What company in the United States right now is bigger in entertainment than Walt Disney? Yeah, you got a point. There's you look at... You know, all the people who worked in Star Wars, all the people who worked in, you know, and Jim Henson, you know, it's like Jim Henson, when he went to the University of Maryland, his major was home economics. Right. <laughs> because he wanted to learn how to sew to make, you know, characters. And um, he then switched to the art department. And, you know, it's like if if you were a kid in high school, today and you told your parents you wanted to major in home economics your parents would go you're not going to college <laughs> you know yeah. like i don't know a family that would say oh yeah i want you to go study home economics <laughs> you know yeah, and 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 it, it's very true that that the arts whereas everybody wants somebody is an artist and becomes famous and well known you know whether it's in theater i mean you look at Julie Tamar's work. Mm. You look at all the incredible set designs that are done for Broadway. I have good friends who are, you know, design major sets. Right. You know, did the work for Phantom of the Opera. I oh, mean, wow. the sets and the movement and the the just the engineering skills to bring that about and the design skills. People don't realize that every single thing you touch on a daily basis is designed by somebody. Right. Like there isn't a thing, whether it's good or bad, everything you touch from your toothbrush, you know, yeah. first thing in the morning to your coffee cup, to your dessert place, all of those things are designed by people. And it's unfortunate that that people don't recognize the craft and and um, ability of the people who create the things that you you use every day. Right. So. Um. Now, uh, Boglins originally came out in um, 86, right? Correct. All right. Um, did you, yeah. how long before that were they in development? Like, did you guys like? Well, um, originally we showed them to Coleco and they wanted to add it to the Sectors line. Right. Um, as a nemesis, you know, like an evil nemesis to the Sectors. But um, they went off on a tangent that I didn't like at all you know okay. it didn't look like what we presented to them it was just a hand puppet monster one looked like an alligator you know it just it wasn't a boglin at all right and unfortunately 
um, going into the second year of sectors, um, due to the failure of um, uh, Coleco's desktop computer, right. um, I think it was the Atom computer, um, it was such a huge financial loss that they went bankrupt because every single one of these computers that they created, right. it was supposed to be the first desktop home computer. Yeah, This was before Apple. Um, every single one of them was sent back because they didn't function. They had rushed to de the development and um, they lost so much money that they, they went bankrupt. So um, we got the rights to Boglins back. Right. And then that, um, I guess that spring that we, it was returned to us, uh, Larry showed it to Mattel and they got it right away. They said, oh my God, this has been staring at us in the movies, you know, right in the face. Yeah. And it's such an obvious thing, you know, to do. And so they bought it. They had it for two years and then um, they didn't want to continue because I don't know. I never understood <laughs> uh, Mattel's reasoning. Right. Uh, they had uh, going into its third year, they had $7 million in orders and they decided not to continue. So this day, even, you know, and $7 million back then That's would be like, $14 million yeah, like, now. That's a lot of money. And so they decided not to continue. And Seven Towns, London office, took it back, the rights back, and sold it to Ideal Losers in uh, Europe. Okay. And Boglins went on for another seven years from... Wow. Uh, small Boglins, baby Boglins, mini Boglins, like everything you can imagine. The the popularity of Boglins in um, the UK and Europe right. is tenfold what it is in the States. Wow. Because in the States, it, it only came out and was out for maybe two and a half, three years. Yeah, because so. I remember I got mine, <clears throat> it was either um, May of, or no, Christmas of... Uh, 86 or may of 87 yeah. so it was one of those right. two um that i got i got drool i remember specifically <laughs> he was uh, um he was uh you know came in their 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 little crate with the bars on them and you know yeah. the, the hole in the bottom it was such a great i don't know why they, they didn't work out here like after they did i mean well it, no it, I mean, i'm saying but like i don't know why they would cancel it, it, it here it did like, it, they sold phenomenally yeah. well in the US. it's just was you know, execs at Mattel yeah, who said, quote unquote, they wanted to concentrate on core business, which was, you know, Barbie, Barbie. and Hot Wheels. You know, and, and, you know, they did not, they did not see the potential and they blew it because like I said, yeah, it then went on to sell in Europe and was one of the top selling sto toys in Europe right. for the next seven years. So they missed out on all that income. Wow. So, that's what can you do? You know, it's like, yeah, well, I mean, people and, make bad decisions. And I have to say, you know, thank, thank goodness for uh, Chris Caffoni at Tri Action Toys yeah, for bring that uh, up. Yeah. who had Boglins when he was little mm -hmm. and has been after me for years to bring it back. 
and every major toy company in the United States turned it down. And thanks for to Chris, they are back in the marketplace and they're selling all over the world again. And you know, it's been a, a, an incredible ride. So well, we're, we are we're going to be uh, launching the Bat Boglins, which were supposed to have been done by Mattel back in the 80s. Right. They will now be coming out for the first time. Oh, that's awesome. And they will be produced this year. They should be in stores in August. Okay. And um, so, you know, and also I have to say, um, recently um, uh, Dynamite is going to be doing trading cards. Yes. And so we're developing um, 120, I think, to start initially trading cards. They'll be coming out in, in different packs. And um, Grim Rabbit uh, board games is going to be doing a Boglins board game. Oh, and nice. um, I'm working with them very closely on the design of the characters and the development. They're going to have, for the first time, there's going to be new mini Boglins as game pieces in the game. Oh, that's sick. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So there's a lot of, you know, neat things happening this year and that are coming to fruition. And it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. You know, I, I'm probably more appreciative of it now because I'm more heavily involved in the design and development of all of these things right. well, than now, I ever was before. Well, now that I know the, you know, original designer of them is actually involved and it's not just some kind of cash grab from some other company who bought the rights, I'm going to start buying them. <laughs> well, they were great. <laughs> no, like, no, it, it's, it has been, it has been a very personal um, adventure for me. Um, Maureen, unfortunately has not been well so oh. so i've been kind of i've taken the helm right but maureen has been uh writing and she has written a really incredible new storyline for sectors and we're hoping that um a graphic novel for that will be coming out soon oh, probably nice. if not later this year maybe next year oh, so all the things from my my eighties toy world is coming, <laughs> coming back, back. Hopefully, bigger and better. No, that's great, and I can't wait because uh, that's all stuff from my past that I really loved. And uh, you know, like I said, I grew up with them. I had the first, you know, I want to say that the first one I got was Drool, and I got two other ones, but I can't remember what their names were. Um, one had the uh, the antennas up here, like uh, Dwork. Dwork, that's the one, and. Uh, the other one had the real doofy teeth. Yeah, that was Vlob. Vlob, yeah, that's right. All right, so I had those three, and um, I think I may have had one or two mini Boglins, um, at some yeah. point. But uh, yeah, the small ones, yeah. Yeah, um, I can't wait for those to go. I'm so glad they're at back out. And uh, my kids, like we, we, I walked into GameStop and uh, they had the 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 one up there. My kids are like, "What's that? Where did which GameStop were you in? Uh, I was here in uh, Hudson, New York. Um, they had okay. them, uh, I guess they had, maybe it was a sample one or something that they had bought, you know what I mean? Or they have just a display mm -hmm. of, um, cause that was the only one I saw in the store, but they were like, what is that? And I'm yeah, like, because the GameStop was actually selling them so well online right. that they weren't getting to the store. So it's nice to hear that some actually did get to the stores. Yeah. 
So, um, like, like I said, he, um, it was up on display there, and they were like, "What's that?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know, that that's something that I had when I was, a, you know, a little kid." And they're like, "Wow!" I'm like, "They kept this." In. I'm like, "No, they put them back out, so this is like great." And they're like, "Those are neat." And I'm like, "Yeah, they're just like they're hand puppets, and you can, you know, yeah. you can play with them, and, and they're really neat, and they're they're just like cool." And I, I told them about the mechanism in the eyes, so the eyes, mm-hmm. you know, the move and stuff. And they're like, yeah. "Wow, you yeah, don't see that a lot." Yeah, it was very important for us to to bring it out and have it be the same way as it was the the probably the biggest difference is um the material now they're being made out of uh tpr which is thermal plastic rubber okay um it is much more flexible and stretchy than Mm -hmm. the original craton that boggins were made out of so the flexibility in their face and the expression is much greater than it was back in the 80s Okay. Uh, the material you can is much more fluid, right? Um, a puppet. I guess so, it was. Uh, I I'd seen a couple pictures online of uh, some that had lasted, and uh, basically they're just the eye mechanisms left, and uh, some of the the plastic is still intact or the rubber is still intact or whatever. But it looked kind of. Yeah. You know, you don't realize the. Uh, I guess like how just they look even creepier without the uh, rubber suit. I guess like the mechanisms just together look kind of creepy. I was like, they should put one out like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so I, I really don't want to keep too much more of your time. I know you're, you're probably very busy. Um, and I do thank you so, so much for joining me and talking about this. Um, I would love to have you back on and, you know, just BS sometime and just, you know, talk about stuff. Um, Sure. If is there any um do you have any social media? I know you have the website, uh Boglins. Um uh is that Boglins.com? Uh, Boglins.com is where you can buy them direct from Triaction Toys. Right. Um you can also get them from Toy and K, Big Bad Toy Store, uh GameStop. Um I'm trying to think of all the ones major ones. Uh and then thank goodness we because of the nostalgia, we've been picked up by a lot of geek stores, you know, mm. uh, local toy stores all over the U.S. and Europe. Um, so uh, in Europe, they're uh, being distributed by Toys.lu, L-U, which um, is uh, if you're in Europe or uh, and if you're in U.K., it's Lost Universe or Menkind stores is carrying them. Okay. So... Yeah, they're all over the place. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah they're out there. I can't wait. And available. I can't wait to get some more. And my my um, Instagram page is Tim Clark Toys. I'm also on Facebook as Tim Clark Toys. And um, every Friday, I'm updating now with um, kind of the cultural history of Boglins throughout the universe. Great. And there's little comic strips about who they are, where they come from, and where they're going. So. That's awesome. Do you take suggestions for toy ideas to, to, to design? No. Oh, darn. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I knew it was going to be coming up in the comments. Tell them to, no, to make this and this. No, I'm not going to do it. I, it's really funny because um, after I had worked at Muppets, I hooked up with the, uh, Jerry, Jerry Hull, who was the licensing, head of licensing at Muppets. And we were working on a, a product line for girls called um oh uh the was it diva girls diva girls i think was the name of it. and oh funky girls that was one of the girls was 
the diva girl. Then we had hippie girl, devil girl, angel girl. <laughs> okay. And we went to do a presentation at Walmart in Arkansas. And Jerry said, introduced me. He said, this is Tim Clark. And he vomits incredibly great ideas, you know. <laughs> but I, I, I have, um, though I have to say the wonderful thing about working with Chris at Traction Toys is there's a lot of toy ideas that I've had for many, many years right. that have never come to fruition because major toy companies, you know, as I went on in the toy industry would not produce anything that was kind of original. Everything had to be tied to a film right. or TV show or something like that. So for independent designers, it became more and more difficult to sell toy product ideas as an independent. Yeah. And now I'm getting to go back and um, review some of the toy concepts I've had for many, many years that I wanted to do. And Chris is really excited about doing them. So um, this year we're gonna be presenting a lot of new, new products and concepts. Um, okay you know, as toy products. So well, great. Then yeah, there's a lot of great stuff to look forward to. Well, great. I'm, I'm, we're going to keep an eye out then. And um, again, sir, Mr. Tim Clark, I really do appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I will sure. be back in touch. Um, and this will be up online tomorrow on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, all everywhere you get your podcast and on the, uh, the old uh, YouTubes. So uh, for all you people that like to watch video for no reason, I don't know why. It's just, it's just me and him talking. It, it is what it is. But <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later. And again, thank you, Tim. Really, honestly, thank you so much for coming on. And, oh, my uh, pleasure. I appreciate it. And uh, check all of them out. Uh, check them out. Check out Boglins. Go buy them. And uh, we'll see you uh, next week. Thank you again. Have a okay. great day. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye.